Hi everyone and welcome to another Firms Consulting Podcast. So today I want to discuss an um, email I received from a client. So if you're on the Firms Consulting website, you notice we have a section called What Firms Consulting is Reading. And what I do is on a daily basis, I post all of the online articles I have read. So that way you can track and see what a partner reads. And my thinking where, there was that by following, by replicating my th- uh, reading process, um, you can learn about what I read to to think and generate the ideas that I generate. And basically, someone wrote in, a, a client I've known for a long time, and asked me the following questions, and I'm going to paraphrase here. He says that, you know, basically, Michael, I noticed that a lot of the stuff you read is, you know, you read about fashion, you read about the what's happening in Ukraine, you read about... Uh, business topics, you, but all of them related to newspaper articles. You know, you read the New York Times a lot, you read Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal, and so on. But they're usually about news events, news, business news. And he pointed out, how, why is it, you know, you've, you don't recommend Harvard Business Review articles for us? Why is it you don't recommend McKinsey Quarterly Review articles for us? You know, and his thinking was that, well, if we want to learn to think like a partner, shouldn't we be reading those things? And actually, no, you shouldn't. And I want to put together this podcast to explain why that is the case. So, if you read the Harvard Business Review, right, you are going to learn about some new concept or idea in business, which is good. And if your objective is to learn about some new concept in business and be able to talk about it at a cocktail party with your friends at the office, with clients, that's nice. If that's your objective, that is fine. But that's not the objective we have with our clients. The objective we have is to train you to be able to think in the way that allowed the author of the Harvard Business Review article to write the article and that's a profoundly different objective right so you just have to think about that for a second do you want to be the person who read about a concept and can talk about it or do you want to be the person who has the skills to think up that concept by yourself and that's a different objective so when I'm teaching people I don't teach you just to sound like you know what you are saying if I made you read some of the most popular articles in the Harvard Business Review, yeah, you will sound like you know what you're talking about, but that doesn't make you a consultant. It is the ability to go through the thought process and come up with the same level of insight. That's what you want to learn. And I'll give you an exa- I'll give you another example of that, right? I was recently talking to the email conversation with, I think he's an editor or a member of a business journal at a very prominent MBA program in North America, a very good MBA program. And he was telling me about how they want to turn this into, you know, the statue of the Harvard Business Review and so on. But then I point, and, and basically we're saying, you know, look at the quality of our writing, look at the quality of our publication. We've invested money putting together good graphics in our publication. And in our style of writing is very similar to the Harvard Business Review, the, you know, the way we analyze issues and so on. And then I pointed out to him, actually, it's not. There's a profound difference. 
in the Harvard Business Review, and I'm just using the Harvard Business Review as an example, you know, because everyone knows it. I could use other famous business journals as well, like the Sloan Management Review and so on. In the Harvard Business Review, the people who publish the articles do a lot of work. I'm, I don't know what is the validity of their research or the veracity of their findings, but I do know they probably do a lot of work, bottom-up analysis, you know, working with real clients, testing the ideas and so on before it's written up. For example, you know, I was reading an article recently written by a Bain partner, which is a pretty good article, and he was talking about how he has learned about the process of expansion, growth expansion, through his work of working with clients. So he's worked with clients, solving their real problems, and over time he's noticed certain patterns and he's wrote it up. The business school that I'm referring to that has this you know, journal that seems to be like the Harvard Business Review takes students, gets them to do desktop research, and they then write up these articles. Now, just because your article looks like a Harvard Business Review article, sounds like an Harvard Business Review article, doesn't mean you've learned the process to produce an article of that quality. By default, it's desktop research. Desktop research is terrible research because unless you've actually worked with a client, all you are relying on is what some journalist is reporting or what some journalist thinks is the issue. So when you're producing desktop research, you're basically regurgitating someone else's interpretation. Now, bringing back that analogy to the way we train people and how we select the articles we read... I teach two skills to people, how to do a bottom-up bottom bottom analysis and a top-down analysis. So, what I'm teaching people to do in the articles I read is how to apply critical thinking. For example, I recently published an article about the use of napalm in Vietnam, and you know, it was a horrible a time, well, you could argue now is even worse, but the point is, you know, using napalm chemical weapons against civilian populations was... You know, you, Militaries do bad things. This is one of the worst things done in modern times. And one of the things I was teaching uh, uh, readers is don't focus on the atrocities in the article. Focus on the way the U.S. military justified it. They justified it by saying that the British had done it before. Therefore, there's precedent. And what I was saying is that a lot of the things we do is based on precedent. For example, if, if we want to buy something from someone... We look at reviews and we'll, and we'll say, hey, everyone says this person did a good job, therefore they must be good for us, and we look for precedent. The point I was trying to make there is that you need to have this ability to know when, when you are applying precedence bias to making a decision, or you are actually assessing the quality of the product. When you're assessing precedence bias... You are not assessing the quality of the product, but you're basically abdicating responsibility to everyone else who brought the product and telling them, okay, if you liked it, I'll rely on your reviews to like it, and I will buy it. If you're analyzing the product, you'll ignore all of the reviews, and if it made sense, you would buy it. Now, precedent setting is, is a classic concept in economics, and we use it all the time. Now, what I'm teaching people is how to apply those, how to build those very important analytic skills that will allow you to do what a partner does. But to do what a partner does doesn't mean you have to do what a partner does. Now remember, to get to the way I am now and the way I analyze things and think it through, I had to go through a learning process. If you do what I do now, you are going to shortcut that entire learning process 
and just replicate what I'm doing now. But the things I do now are not helping me learn how to think like a partner because I've already learned how to think like a partner. So I give you articles to read that sharpen your critical judgment skills. You know, for example, you know, the immigration debate is a massive debate in the United States. It is huge. Actually, you go to any country in the world, immigration is a massive topic. And, you know, I was having this discussion with someone who was telling me how Asians dominate um, the Ivy Leagues in the U.S. and therefore Asians must be more intelligent. Now, I don't want to get into a discussion about which race is more intelligent because it's automatically going to be a, um, a, a explosive topic. But the argument I was making with this person is that why do you say that? And they say, well, you know, I've read so many different publications, they all say the same things. The Asians dominate the Ivy Leagues. And I say Asians, I'm speaking loosely, all right? And I said, okay, that that makes sense, but, but where does it say that one nation is more intelligent than the other one? And then they say, well, it's it's you infer that. But I say, you can't infer that, because you have to look at, at logic here. Logic would dictate that in the 1950s, Asians didn't dominate the Ivy Leagues. Are you then saying that Asians were not intelligent in the 1950s? And they said, well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the Ivy Leagues were unpopular for Asians. Okay, then I'll say, okay, by that logic, if Asians dominate the Ivy Leagues now, how do you know another race who's equally intelligent is just, to that race, the Ivy Leagues is just not popular for them? But, but the point I'm trying to make here is that when you are critically assessing a situation, don't get caught into the media spin. Don't get caught into the media bias. And what I want you to learn is not how to memorize and parrot key concepts, which anyone can do, but I want you to build the skills to critically evaluate a situation. And that's what the articles are teaching. They're teaching you these very foundational skills. And then over time, as you start reading more of these articles and, and think about what I'm asking you to think, there, because I always give you a one-line question. Some of them are a bit snarky, but, you know, I can't hide my feelings sometimes. But most of the time, I, if you read very carefully, I never ever put in a personal view. I never ever say, this is, I'm putting this article because I think this nation did the right thing or this nation did the wrong thing. I always say, if it's a very controversial article, I will say, the article does not reflect my viewpoint. Or it may or may not reflect my viewpoint, but that's irrelevant. But I want you to pick up the following item. So, when you are reading anything, you want to ask yourself two things. Do you want to be the guy who can recite the Harvard Business Review article, or are you going to be the guy or the lady who has the ability to produce something of that quality? And your reading patterns change substantially, right? The reason I don't read the Harvard Business Review that much is because a lot of those things are actually fairly obvious if you think about it. Some of the things are interesting. I do like some of the new pieces they've put out where they uh, you know, talk to CEOs about the experiences they've been through. That's first person. But a lot of the other things are basically analysis, which is fairly easy to do, which is then put out and a few interesting insights. But rarely are the articles that mind-blowing. What's more important is to keep your pulse on the, on the current sources of discussion around the world. And then... While you're keeping your pulse on them is to build the ability to think about what's happening. 
Why are people saying this? What is actually being said here? You know, that's why I, you notice I always recommend you read the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. They, have, they attack problems from completely different sides. And if you only read the New York Times, you will become basically have one viewpoint. If you read the Wall Street Journal, you only develop one viewpoint. You've got to keep your mind open and focus on reading stuff that allows you to learn how to think in a certain way. But reading the finished product, like the Harvard Business Review article and McKinsey Quarterly article, is useful, yes, but it's not teaching you how to think in a logical way. And that's a fact. So, I'm not saying don't read them, definitely read them, but don't be so thrilled with yourself if you can only repeat what's there. It's more important that you develop the skills to, even though you won't get there immediately, but to slowly get to the point where you can uh, structure a study to test an hypothesis and come up with a finding that you can write up to that level and critically evaluate. And that is the way, basically, we go about thinking through and choosing the articles. We, we And we choose controversial pieces. We don't shy away from it because you have to be able to critically evaluate things. You know, I put stuff about um, the poverty debate in the United States, immigration, uh, the the um, issues in, in Ukraine, and so on. And, and I pick words very carefully to not show bias because our job is not to be biased. But when you are reading stuff, remember, choose your objective. To sound like you know things or to learn to have the abilities to eventually do what a partner has the ability to do. And, and you've got to be very careful that you are extracting the right kind of skills. As always, if you um, have any comments, please post a uh, question or you can email me directly and I'll be happy to respond to them.